0: to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I am Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of our organization, and I have a special guest to share with us today. This is Rose Toe. She is a, a longtime teacher, over 25 years of teaching English as a second language and as a foreign language, both in the United States, across the country, K through 12, as well as adult education and is a virtual English language fellow in Lebanon, Mexico, and Thailand. Welcome, Rose. It's so great to have you here today.
1: Thank you. It's been such an honor to be asked, and I'm looking forward to this session.
0: Thank you. Rose is going to share with us today about the topic of how everyone has a story to tell. She's going to start us with a story of her own, and talk about the importance of teachers telling their story, and then get into how teachers can share the techniques of storytelling with their students. So I'm gonna turn it over to Rose to
1: share your screen. And Wonderful, thank you so much, Eileen, uh, Dr. Eileen. So uh, this morning, what I have for you, or this afternoon, depending on where you are, Um, I've got a little slideshow for you, but let's uh, begin with my own story. So um, one of the things that's really important about storytelling is it does begin from you, the narrative part of storytelling, and everyone truly has a story to tell. Um, The one that I'm going to tell you now is called Goodbye, My Teacher, because, of course, my audience is going to be teachers like yourself, um, perhaps former students, Um, And my purpose is really to tell a story so that you can feel the journey with me as well. So let me begin. Saying goodbye is never easy. So we find other ways to express how we feel. Goodbye, my teacher. I have always enjoyed teaching my college and adult students. The interaction was refreshing and my ESL students usually have adequate conversational English skills. Of all the ethnic and age groups I have taught in the past number of years, this last group of elderly Vietnamese students have stood out the most in my mind. We had a certain amount of respect for each other in our roles as teacher and student. Many of the elderly Vietnamese students were well-educated in their own country and lived lives that were rich in experience. The stories of their war experiences in fleeing their country to seek freedom and democracy in the US were heart-wrenching at times. A number had gone to communist prison camps. Scars, the limps, and emotional trauma were enough for anyone to hear. At times, I could see the frustration over learning what once was easy seeming become difficult due to memory loss and a nervousness that permeated some of the students' lives. How I felt there was so little I could do for them. So I decided to create a community of learning and laughter for these precious students. In a similar manner, the students bestowed the teacher with honour and respect as they would in their own country. A compromise we made to show this mutual respect for each other was the Western way of calling each other by first name, but with the Asian respect of a title such as Mr. or Mrs. Attached. For example, I went by the name Mrs. Rose. Being young in age compared to the elderly students, I felt calling Mr. Vong or Mr. Gui or Mrs. Bao was giving respect to them in a way that they understood. And over a period of a few years, the respect and honor that we had was going to change again for them because their teacher would be leaving. Why must you leave for Canada, Mrs. Robes? My students inquired. Is your husband getting a better job? More salary? Will you still teach? How could I explain? My husband was a minister, and it wasn't always possible to stay in one place. But the students nodded affirmatively when I said we'd be closer to family members. They could understand that. A few still had older sons or daughters in Vietnam that couldn't leave to join their elderly parents here. And over the next month, my thoughts were on finishing the English lessons and making it meaningful for them. It was wonderful to see them tease each other or laugh in their role plays and times I almost regret having to leave them. I kept worrying about the last day of class. I had taught them four days a week for the past three years, and progress to the next English level. How could I say goodbye? What could I give them? In the meantime, our house sold, but there were complications of the paperwork. Escrow didn't close as predicted, so I didn't leave as soon as I thought. Our ESL class decided to celebrate the end of the spring session of class, and I'd leave a few weeks later in the middle of summer session. The spring session party was memorable. The room was gaily decorated with flowers and the food looked as good as it tasted. The woman had prepared the food while the men prepared the tables in the room. And speeches were made by students and myself alike with certificates given to students with notable achievements. Photos were taken and a special effort to take teacher pictures with the teacher. Again, it was a time of laughter for all. On the actual last day of class, a few students had already told me earlier that they wouldn't be coming. I had bought a large cake for them and framed four by six photos of our class to give each student. Now I wanted to take one last picture of the occasion. Perhaps that was it, but there wasn't a single student who wanted to be in the photo. They didn't want this last moment captured on film. It was a superstition to some students, yet somehow very real for all of them. No one wanted to say goodbye, and no one wanted to be in my photo. The students tried to look cheerful, but as their teacher, I knew they didn't feel cheerful inside. And neither was I, for that matter. We were all pretending and not doing a good job at it. Instead, my students left on the board a poem I had taught them last year, and it was this, and it was this poem, Try, Try Again. Tis a lesson you should heed, try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Then your courage should appear, for if you will persevere, you will conquer, never fear. Try Try again, and that is by T.H. Palmer. All the students remembered this poem. They had memorized it when I had sensed that the class was discouraged over their English skills. Now the students want to return those words and the message back to me again. They knew I was starting over in a new country, another lifestyle, another job. They knew with their lifelong wisdom what I'd be facing as one of my students, Mr. Gui reminded me again as a farewell, teacher, try, try again. His voice was gentle as he said the words one more time and then added, we will never forget you teacher. And the other students nodded in agreement as I turned my head away to wipe away my tears. Saying goodbye is never easy so we find other ways to express how we feel.
0: Thank you, Rosa. That's such a beautiful, touching story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Can you um, go from that to sharing the importance of us as teachers sharing our stories with our students in light of the art of storytelling and the techniques you can use with your students to tell their stories?
1: Right, of course, of course. And I believe that as teachers, storytelling is such a unique tool to use in the classroom because it not only starts with your narrative story, your own story, but it can be the story of others as well. So it could be your students' stories, of course. Um, How did I become a storyteller? Well, one of the things that I had to realize was that I had to understand who my audience was going to be. My audience is going to be the teachers, my audience at this time is the teachers, but in the classroom, they're my students and they're the experiences that they represent and how could I identify with them? And my purpose, even for this story, was to bring you along on the journey. Perhaps it might've been an emotional tug at the heart. It might've been an informative story you wanted to bring about. It might've been a different kind of story with adventure. Whatever the story it is that you tell, know your audience, and know your purpose. And to understand your focus. If my focus is to take a look at that particular story of an experience, an event, such as the last day of class, and how would the students respond when I asked them for that picture? And what did it really, really mean? So I built that storyline based on the fact that afterwards, and that was much afterwards, that I realized that students really didn't want to take the picture with me, With me, not because they had enough pictures already, but because they understood culturally that that's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want to encapsulate the moment and the experience in a frame that would be still. They wanted me to move on in my journey, and they wanted that to be alive and a moving experience, so they didn't want that at that moment. And I had to focus not only in that story, but decide what was the main event, which happened to be the last day of class, and everything that built up to it. So those were my key points. Everything that built up to it included the fact that I had a positive relationship between teacher and student, that the learning had been there for quite some time, the trust had been built, that I was able to bring about my own journey to identify with them. And that they could identify with me as well. And that's why they brought up the poem, Try, Try Again. And Mr. Gui, by the way, you don't know, but has a hidden story. You know, he really is truly my student, one of so many, many of my favorite students. But every year he actually called me on my birthday. And I said, How how could I possibly forget what not only he has done, but what he represents in his class for me? So for me to choose Mr. Glee and develop, you know, him as a character was very important. And that's one of the things I want to get into as well. Um, I want to have you know that once you know your key points in main events, that you can focus on that. And for myself, it was just not only the event and person that I wanted to focus and concentrate on, was to develop the anticipation for the audience, you as the audience, to see what might be the next point. Um, to see what would be the next part of the character of the students that would be built up. So the room was gaily decorated. Everything looked as good as it tasted. Um, Just being able to imagine yourself as being in that room with me and understanding the feelings of the students. Because many of you are teachers who've probably had that happen as well on that last day where you had that celebration with your students, no matter what that form know came about in and so you want to do that and relate your story from beginning to end and so i repeated saying goodbye is never easy so we find other ways to express how we feel and so when i do that i've brought the ending and the beginning back together i've made an emphasis on my key point and my audience walks away understanding what it is I'm really trying to get across my story. It wasn't just about myself, but it was about what I wanted to get across my message to them. And one of the ways to really be successful as a storyteller, and I'm sure you have found your own ways as well, is I write before I speak. You don't have to, you can speak impromptu, but for myself, if I'm going to tell something that has impact, purpose, and of course, audience in mind, I like to write down something before i speak and some people like to practice with cue cards Um, i have done that in the past as well and after you've told stories for quite some time in the classroom whether you've used it as a springboard at the beginning of class or if you've developed an idea that's a grammatical form that you want to do um, such as uh, i remember a poem uh, another poem so i use short stories poems and Um, short uh, movie clips even um, to encourage students to write about an experience on their own or to relate to what's been shown or used in class. So I may use some of those as as ways to allow students to go from writing to speaking. And then I will use my voice as well as you know. Uh, Sometimes it's faster to develop something that's a development, like an adventure in, in a key event, or it might be slower to emphasize words or sound. If I'm telling um, to a, a younger group, you know, an audience such as the little engine that could, I would probably go chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-toot. And I actually have a whistle that I use as well. So there's a lot of word and sound emphasis you can put in a story to make your story alive and bring your audience with you. Um, At times, I've used hand gestures, and I've asked the audience to come and join me, you know, um, in that interaction. I might say in the story, goodbye, my teacher. Oh, and then I could ask the audience, like yourself, to say, oh, you know, that was really momentous. Or let's say these words, try, try again, everyone, and then we turn on our microphones if we're online and say, try, try again, or stand up if we're in person, and we would use the interaction with the audience to bring the points across. And there's the old adage of show, don't tell. As I became a teacher and a writer, I learned that one of the key points was that as a writer and as a storyteller, you want to show For example, you might say, it's a beautiful day. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful day. But wouldn't it be much better if I said, the clouds were puffy like marshmallows in the sky, and the sun shone on my back, and its warmth allowed me to experience what it was like to have a massage. Those are things that you show the audience. You don't tell them it's a beautiful day. You allow them to experience it. And so when the audience imagines they are with you in this journey, and they are able to experience what you're telling them as well, and they understand that. Um, Do you have a story to tell? Everyone has a story, and your story might be coming from yourself as teachers. Your story might be, it's a time for a season of change in your life or your students being able to move from one level to another Or from the beginning how they've really progressed in learning uh, or as people you know learning about a life journey here in the united states it might be about their family or your family some point that you'd like to make about what's it like to have children how it is that you came over to america to teach or they came to america as a family because they wanted a better life for their children There's always a story to tell, you know. And so when we think of it this way, we understand that as teachers, we're not just teaching. We're sharing our lives with them. And they are sharing their lives with us as well. And there are so many ways of of using storytelling, whether it be at the beginning level, which a lot of people think you only use storytelling for, but that's not true. You can use storytelling for intermediate and advanced levels of teaching. I've used it at the college and university level. I've used it for adult teaching. A story comes up all the time, just even at the beginning of a class, when you ask your students, how was your day? Or you ask, how was your weekend? A story comes up and you can develop your ideas on the board through webbing or brainstorming and develop vocabulary, um, discuss whether there are short words and. Um, a little bit of grammar, verb tense, Um, you can teach from that story in so many different ways. But most of all, you are teaching a community of learning and of laughter, allowing the students to come to your class as a safe place, as a place that they can learn, make new friends, and be able to fit into the society that they've come into, and in hopes in the future that they can contribute back and that they can be citizens in the future, if not already. Thank you so much for coming today and listening.
0: Thank you, Rose. It's beautiful how you share with such a calm voice uh, <laughs> all the tips for storytelling. Just a few quick questions. Um, mm-hmm. When you tell a story, uh, as example, in a classroom setting, how you mentioned a couple ideas, how you engage your students Um, say it's a five-minute story, do you do things, for example, of have them draw as they're listening and or write a summary or put in pairs or groups? What kind of activities do you do to flesh out the story, to engage them in your story?
1: You're you're right. Those are all absolutely good points that I would love to put back into the presentation if I did that again, but definitely writing before speaking, um, having them draw or do role play. Um, I've done a a story called The Door, and they had to draw their journey from the beginning um, to when they reached the door and then open the door and walk through and what their life was like after they walked through the door of immigration or the door of change in their life and that allowed them to not only use all these skills of listening and speaking by role-playing uh, role but also reading and writing and putting in pronunciation and grammar so all those skills are so important in these techniques of allowing them to express themselves whether it be through writing, drawing, role-play, um, just even being able to participate in a discussion. And a higher level even bring in another reading you know that will talk about what's it like as training teachers um, to allow your exp- yourself to experience what's it like to be in the students shoes yeah
0: and i was just thinking uh in my own mind right now as you had shared your story how you could do it to set the stage for your students and also do it as a pre-assessment So say you share that kind of compelling, touching story that Rose just shared with us and have your students do a reflection or written reflection afterwards where they just reflect on how that story touched them. Everyone's gonna have a different type of reflection based on where they're coming from and how it impacts them. But you as a teacher could then collect those reflections, read them at home and assess their Mm -hmm. writing skills based on that reflection, obviously, and also have them share their reflections aloud in pairs or small groups to, again, Mm -hmm. bring that community together for sharing how, I'm sure everybody has some (laughs) link to her story, whether, you know, at some personal level. So- definitely.
1: I like that. That's really an informal way to assess. And after, if you really want to do it formally, I'd allow them a few more drafts, but um, I would definitely use that idea. And I think that's great. Yes, yes. The small group uh, presentations, even online as possible. And we've done it as a, a large group as well in our class. Um, I asked them after we listened to a, a music Uh, I think it was a short video on um, Taylor Swift's um, love story and they had to talk about a very short love story of their own maybe between parent and child or between you know a a special friend two good friends or a boyfriend girlfriend so they wrote their own little story love story and presented it in class based on the springboard of using a music song
0: yeah that's a wonderful idea I love. Tried to integrate music into my teaching as well. So I love the idea of taking the theme of the song, being a love story and having them write a story based on that theme. That's a wonderful idea.
1: Yes, definitely that
0: one for your (laughs) workshop.
1: Well, I even tried um, music from um, K-pop as well, (laughs) and we did permission to dance. But the students looked at me and said, we're not ready for that yet, teacher. Not just yet, Mm -hmm. but we will be. (laughs) Yeah
0: problem. That's great. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump into a, just a summary of Rose's tips for today. She has so many great things she shared with us and is going to continue sharing with us in a live workshop. But again, just to summarize quickly, she talked about how everyone has a story to tell, know your purpose and your audience, know your storyline, your focus, and know your main event, your key points. Anything you'd like to add to those, Rose? But I hit on I th-
1: Yeah, no, I think you have another slide. That's great. This, how to be successful in telling a story and how to use it in your classroom, yes.
0: Yes, and she's mentioned already in her podcast today, how to successfully go from writing to speaking. And she talked about this from her perspective, but I think also as teachers, this is really important for us to share with our students to have them practice aloud with cue cards and have them practice the voice inflection, how to know which words and sounds to emphasize, as well as to include hand gestures or actions with the audience. And finally, to show, not tell your story, allowing the audience to imagine I love that concept of, again, as we mentioned, you know, asking everybody to have a blank piece of paper and draw or write whatever comes to their mind as they listen to the story. And then after the story is heard, share back in small groups or pairs their drawings, their, their uh, written reflections on the story that was told. Anything you'd like to add to that, Rose?
1: I I think you've said it all and and uh, definitely next step is now to have a story for yourself and be able to show and uh, show your students and allow your students to show and imagine all that they want so yes thank you for having me here today I appreciate it and uh, please do attend um, so that there might be some resources I can share with you um, both in class and online or if you have any questions as well, that will be a best time to come to the workshop. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. So yes, please join us on Friday, September 10th. Rose is going to give us a live workshop where she's gonna go into some more detail of the techniques, particularly for you to use with your students so that they too can share their stories as well as you learning to write a story of your own. Again, September 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time join us for a live workshop with Rose. This is an exciting month of September. We're doing the whole month on storytelling. We also will have another live workshop with an interactive master storyteller. uh, Eva Grezel will be giving us a live workshop on Saturday, September 18th at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So please register on our website TTELT.org. And we always have at the end of every month our TTELT talks. It's the last Saturday of every month. We're offering these at two times now to reach our listeners around the world. One is at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, and the second is at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please feel free to email us ahead with the conversations that are most relevant and pertinent to your teaching situation now, it's a time for you to dialogue and we facilitate a conversation with teachers globally. You can email us with your ideas, tteltinfo at gmail.com and register with us on our website at ttelt.org. On our events, you'll see all the registration links. Thank you so much again for joining us, Rose. We really appreciate your time and participation and look forward to having you join Rose for her live workshop.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Eileen. And I look forward to it and I am excited. (laughs) I'm excited.
0: Thank you, blessings to everyone
1: today.